welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'm running solo today, and I hope that goes okay. I'm going to be answering some questions from an AMA that I did on Instagram a while back. And uh, I'm going to start out with some fun ones, I think, and then work my way into some deeper conversations, I guess you could say. At any rate, I'd like to thank all of you who've joined me on patreon.com slash human machine. Your support there has been a real game changer as far as paying podcast fees, picking up microphone cords and stuff that I've needed to replace for a long time, and you know, things of that nature. Once again, that's patreon.com slash human machine. Join there for comics, music, and other things. And now, on to the questions. All right, so the first question comes from Justin Wexler, who was just on the show a couple episodes ago. Uh, Check back on that episode if you missed it. There are some pretty important conversations happening there as far as like what you're going to need to do to file your taxes as a band next season and stuff like that. Uh, Anyway, Justin asks, what is my favorite Van Halen album or maybe said best, but um, either way, I am not a huge Van Halen head. Um, I actually did contact Chris Zabudis, who was in Coma Regalia for a while, as he is an enormous Van Halen fan, but we can never make the conversation happen. Um, He's a firefighter now, just like super busy, uh, long hours, stuff like that. Um, anyway, uh, I went through the entire Van Halen catalog a couple months ago when I had first gotten these questions, and I did listen through everything except the Gary Sharon album. One time when we were on tour, Chris made me listen to the Gary Sharon album, and uh, I'll, I'll never fucking listen to that piece of shit ever again. Um it was so bad. I think we were in like Colorado or something. And uh, it it was just like, it was a really weird spot in the tour. Like tour was going like fine, but there was just like this weird spot where um, like my nerves were just shitty. And um, like, it was just like sort of that part in the tour sometimes when, especially if you're a two piece, like, it's just me and him in the van. And sometimes you just like, maybe you've said everything you could say to someone for a while. Like it wasn't like a negative thing. It was just like burnout, I guess. And, um, you know, he just like, as a gag or whatever, he's just like, I'm going to play that album. And like, I could not have thought of like a worse thing to be listening to. And like, I like, um, let that be known at the time, but like also, you know, like just my state of mind, like I didn't care enough to like, I think I probably was like protesting and being like, all this sucks, but like just leaving it at that. Uh, Anyway, so this is my uh, ranking of my favorite Van Halen albums uh, from 12 to one, 12 being obviously 
Van Halen 3, Gary Sharon. I did not even look uh, at the track listing to see if there was a single from it. Like, I don't care. I hope I never hear a song from that ever again in my life. And that's that. Um, yeah, so from here on, I'm going to go ahead and say straight uh, out the bat, because like this is probably going to be obvious, that I am... Uh, firmly in the David Lee Roth camp, and uh, I am really not a fan of Sammy Hagar, like, whatsoever. Uh, I just think that, um, you know, like, uh, I, I'm not going to speak on the band's lyrics too much. Like, I think that we all know that some of it is, like, not that cool, and it's just, like, um, you know, like, good, good old boy rock and roll, like, you know, lyrics and, um, but what I am going to talk about is like the, uh, I guess like the vibe is the best way to put it. And like Sammy Hagar, like, I think just for what this band should be or was or whatever, just like took himself so seriously and like, it just was not the right thing, like at any point, uh, for this band. And, um, you know, like, that's just my uh, opinion. Uh, obviously, it doesn't matter. Um, but, like, that's just, I'm putting that out there because, you know, if you are a Van Hagar fan, like, you are probably not going to think this is very fair. But anyway, um, moving along. Uh, so, 11 is, I'm going to have to put balance at 11. Um don't Tell Me What Love Can Do and Can't Stop Loving You are the singles from this. Like, I don't even know if I've, I, I've probably heard these songs, but like, I don't even know. Like, have I heard these songs? Like, or are they just generic, like Van Hagar songs? I just don't, don't rank this album very highly at all. Um, 10, OU812. Uh, when it's love and black and blue are the s singles on that one. Um, I mean, you know, I seem to remember this album being a big deal. I think like a lot of people hold it, um, pretty highly, but I just, I just don't, I guess. Um, uh, nine, I've got 5150 there. Why can't this be love? I think this is, um, you know, obviously one of uh, their um, bigger singles from that area, era. And um, yeah, I think it's a good song. I think like, you know, it, it is what it is for like this more serious era of the band. Um, even though that was like the first album that Sammy was on, uh, it was a, you know, a pretty big, like drastic uh, change, not just like, um, like the vocal style, but just the, the overall like, uh, vibe of the band was a, it was a big change. Um, now I'm going to slip diver down into eight on that. And that is a, um, that is a David Lee Roth, uh, album. And, um, the reason why I put that uh, lower than um, the next one is 
it, it's, uh, I don't really know what was going on there. Like, it, it seems like maybe one of these things where, uh, maybe, well, I don't know, maybe they were touring a lot and they didn't have a chance to write a lot of songs like in this area of time. And uh, they, um, they, they owed the label a, you know, an album because, like, that, you know, that's obviously a thing, especially in, in that era of music um but it's just yeah it's it's 12 tracks uh there's five cover songs and uh and then two instrumentals and like um you know it's got a couple songs that i that i recognize like hang em high and uh little guitars like but um i just don't feel like there's really any standout tracks on there that aren't um covers like you know dancing in the streets and pretty woman like their covers of those songs like obviously did really well on the radio and stuff but um i don't know it's like it's just it's really weird to me that like almost half the songs are covers and then and then um like there's two instrumentals and uh I don't know, you know, a lot of times like a band would just make a covers album if it was going to be that many covers. Um, so I don't know, I, you know, maybe there's more info on that that I didn't read about. And maybe I'm close to the mark on what happened there. Maybe I'm, you know, just way far off. But either way, uh, that is eight for me, Diver Down. Um, seven is for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Um, I think that this this album is is pretty solid as far as um the sammy era goes um i mean it's got pound cake which is like you know it's whatever and then it's got right now on it which is uh i don't you know i should have looked at the stats or whatever but i think like just from a uh and ordinary person's point of view or whatever like right now could be like the biggest song that they ever had i mean like um commercially or whatever i'm i mean i'm not really sure you know like uh it's the kind of song that you hear in car commercials and stuff like that so i don't know like it's definitely sounds the most commercially um viable song or whatever um but also, I mean, I do think it's a good song. It's just um, there's a lot going on, and I think it's well-written, um, even if, you know, uh, it, it's it's sort of that, like, um, super serious Van Halen that I'm not... Uh, doesn't really work for me that well. Um, anyway, uh, six, fair warning. Like, I don't, I don't even really know this album um but yeah it's got unchained on it which like i didn't like i didn't even know that song by uh name and that's like the the wild thing about a band like this you know where you where it's like you don't even know the name of a song and you hear the song and you're like oh yes i've heard the song hundreds of times you know and that's what unchained is um i mean i guess there were some other singles from that i'm not that familiar with them um but yeah, I mean, this album was sort of in some parts, you know, it was like classic David Lee Roth, like with just the wild howls and the the, the spoken word parts and things like that, you know. Uh, so there was fun stuff there. Um, five, I put Van Halen 2. I, um, 
I don't know, I had Dance the Night Away and Beautiful Girls on it. Those are the two um, standouts from, you know, my listen. Um, those are obviously like the the hit singles as well. Um, and, you know, I remember this being very solid, but like nothing that I like really latched on to. Um, I'm actually going to talk uh, quite a bit about the next one, which is uh, brings me to number four, which is a different kind of truth. Now, like, obviously this uh, was a big deal when David Lee Roth, like, started playing with them again. There was all that, like, controversy, which was, like, you know, fun from a drama standpoint, like, where uh, I believe there was, like, tours or something where um, one night, like, um, David Lee Roth era Van Halen would headline, and then the other night, like, the Sammy Hagar era would headline, like, right? That was the thing, right? They did like a tour where it was something like that. And it was all kinds of drama. Supposedly they wouldn't talk to each other, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so then like they announced, um, that they were going to do another studio album. And until Justin asked that question, I did not even know that that had actually happened. Um, I did not know that they managed to pull that off before, uh, Eddie passed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I went through this album. I, I listened to it while I was working, um, but I tried to, like, really give it an honest listen. Um, and uh, I was really impressed by it, honestly. Like, uh, it's, it's like a... It's a heavier production than I think... That I was uh, expecting out of it. Um, the first two songs, which are like the singles, like I, I think uh, they're definitely the weakest tracks. Like I don't, I'm not like that into them, you know, like uh, I, I think like they are the, they're Van Halen's attempt at um, sounding like what, they thought was happening at the time, but like putting their own thing on it. And I think like it doesn't necessarily like do them, uh, justice. Um, I don't know, maybe, pe maybe like people disagree and maybe people think they just sound like classic Van Halen. I don't know. But, um, I think like from there they go into like some, like they really, they, they play like faster than I was expecting. They play harder than I was expecting. Um, and I mean, of course, like people were probably upset that, um, Michael was not playing bass, but like, and I know that, you know, there's probably a lot of opinions about Wolfgang playing the bass on that album, but he fucking ripped <laughs> like i'm sorry like he is so tight with eddie on this album it is honestly like mind-boggling um so there's that uh anyway um you know the middle of the album i think is really the this the strong suit like 
there's you know some like mid-tempo stuff and some thrashy sounding stuff and i think it's kind of a lot of fun like um the last uh the last three songs are like i think they're like a return to like the original album you know or or something like that that's like them like really trying to uh sound like classic era van halen and um i think like i think it's the track big river i think but like one of them like i just am like yes this is them trying to write running with the devil in 2017 or whatever it was when that came out um because i mean like i really i could sit there and sing running with the devil like over it it was it was uh so close in in my opinion and in like overall feeling um but yeah so that's uh that's four for me is a different kind of truth and i probably i may or may not get a lot of of heat for that but uh there it is uh three women and children first okay um so this has the cradle war rock on it which is i mean you know i mean it's pretty let's be honest that's pretty gross but uh anyway it also has everybody wants some which you know admittedly also probably gross but um this song i think will always have like a special place in my mind because of where i think i heard the song first which is in the john cusack movie better off dead like back then when i was a kid in those john cusack like loser guy has like awful summer movie or whatever it was were coming out like that those movies were just like my shit like i was a, a kid but so the movies were like they were kid friendly enough or whatever that i was allowed to watch them but they were like adult enough that i was like i was like yeah this is cool i mean i don't know you know if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about but like in this movie they've got everybody wants some by van halen and john cusack is working at the burger place and there is a full-on like claymation of him like making this like frankenstein burger um while this song goes in the background and like it it was just like the coolest thing i ever saw like i loved this whole section of this movie so much and um so yeah while like the rest of the album doesn't really like hit that hard for me uh that one is three because oh my gosh that was so fun at that time um two would be uh the self-titled van halen i mean um this arguably has the best track listing like front to back i mean I'm, i don't know you know you obviously everyone's opinion is gonna uh be different but um yeah i mean you know this has ain't talking about love on it which is just like i mean that is just like such a cool like guitar part and um and just like one of the first things that my dad ever tried to show me how to play on guitar um it's got uh you know um jamie's crying ice cream man i mean it's you know it's 
it's it's a classic and it's got like sort of like the the quintessential like classic Van Halen sound to the production. Um, but yeah, it didn't make my number one because my number one process of elimination, if you're following, it's a uh, 1984. Um, you know, this is, it, it's, it's wild that this was the last album that David Lee Roth did with them before, uh, they went to Sammy Hagar because this is just absolute like peak David Lee Roth in, in my opinion, like jump and Panama and then like hot for teacher. Like this is, uh, this, this is just like where that persona was going in my opinion. Like it, 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 it's just wild and rambunctious and flamboyant. And, um, I think like the thing about David Lee Roth that like I find so captivating or whatever, um, you know, to the extent that I do is because when I was barely out of high school, I got asked to be in this band called No Fraud and their singer was like, and I mean, I'm literally just realizing this as I'm like writing out this notes for this show is that their singer, Dan Destructo was like, punk rock david lee roth like he had the long hair he didn't want to play with the shirt on you know uh he did like the splits jumps you know everything that like you would do like expect david lee roth to do except like you know punk like and um just being like a kid from a small town and having these slightly older people uh reach out to me to join their band sort of mentor me in like doing tours and booking out of town shows and doing like real recordings and stuff like that like um you know those those guys in that time like meant a lot to me uh then and still do mean a lot to me um uh so, I mean, yeah, Dan being so similar to uh, David Lee Roth in, like, er, that performance aspect, like, I think really it was, like, the backwards effect to me. Like, I didn't like Dan because he acted like David Lee Roth. I like David Lee Roth better now because... I was around Dan and um, yeah, like I did not play on any recordings that were released with that band. I did uh, do like a recording at some point. I did a couple. I'm not sure that they were released. Like I recorded a couple cover songs, um, but I don't remember if they were released, but um, just like No Fraud, they had uh, albums out on Nuclear Blast like way back in the day. Um, uh, check them out. Um, just a great, lot of fun band. Uh, and, um, yeah, just if, uh, Dan or James is listening, like, you know, I still really appreciate what y'all did for me back then. Um, taking the little, uh, little kid under their wings and, uh, 
and and shown me how to how to do a lot of this stuff. Um, also, you know, uh, have to um, thank Walt Rossman, who is uh, no longer with us. Um, Walt Rossman, one of the founders of Imprint uh, Indie Printing, where like probably anyone who's listening to this. Uh, and has released a record, has uh, printed their uh, covers. Um, Walt died a couple years ago from cancer, and uh, that was a just like a terrible loss to like the you know to punk music as a whole. And um, yeah, my you know my heart still aches for that one. Uh, so thank you, Dan, James, and we love you forever, Walt. Right, so that was Through a Hole in Recent Memory by one of my newest projects, Bitter Pill. Um, if you haven't checked out that album, uh, please do. Uh, it's uh, Ophelia Jocelyn from Burial Etiquette on vocals, Gary Brents from Karenir and Gone Mage on guitar, um, Peter Murphy from Snag on bass, and uh, Dan Melazon from Old Pride and a million other projects over in the UK on synth. And then, um, yeah, I um, played drums and guitars and did some vocals as well. Uh, just a really fun album, I think. And uh, 12 tracks will take up about uh, 18, 20 minutes of your time. Uh, give that a listen on Middleman Records Bandcamp. Um, all right, so the next question uh, comes from... Sam from Short Fictions, and Sam asks, you ever hear from Rob Deerdeck anymore? Um, so, yeah, I don't hear from Rob Deerdeck. The story there is that when I was a preteen in Dayton, Ohio, um, one of my cousins who I just uh, love and is just like my, my best friend in the whole world ever. Uh, Kenny used to live at a um, low-income housing um, place in Kettering, which was really close to this Hills department store. Like, if you don't know what a Hills is, it's just a Kmart or, you know, like uh, a, a Target, you know, before they all became uh, also grocery stores or whatever. Um but this hills like um 
like it 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 you know we'd we'd go around back and uh i can't remember if it was already uh shut down or if it was like just like nobody cared it was gonna be shut down it did get shut down at some part point but um yeah we <coughs> excuse me we'd go around back of this hills department store and um we'd skate there like all the time it just had like a really like long nice like waxed up curb uh there were also some um some some like inclines in the uh way that the parking lot was formed where people could like launch off them almost like i i that wasn't my thing like i was never very good at that but um uh it was like a really popular spot and then like at some point, you know, some of the uh, people from Alien Workshop, like, bought a house, like, somewhere in that area as well. And so, um, I can't remember if it's, this is like a chicken and egg thing, and also this is a long time ago, but, um, like, it, a lot of, um, pros and, like, nearly pro amateurs started, like, hanging out at this, um, this Hills parking lot like around back the building and skating there. Uh, and um, like one of them was Rob Deerdeck. I think Rob was just a couple years older than us at that time, but just like was just so good, like just miles above any of the rest of us. And um, he would come over there and he would have like his – you know his his old deck and he would be selling people his old decks and um and we'd skate with him all the time uh, a couple times like we you know uh like i can't remember if i don't i feel like he wasn't driving because he was like 15 or something um but like he'd come over there with somebody and they'd be like pulling boards out of the trunk and sometimes they'd be like hey do you want to like come with us to this other spot and like you know like that sounds like scary now like we just like people that we only just like hung out with at this spot that we didn't really know that well but we would like take off with them to somewhere else and go skate somewhere else or whatever um but yeah like it wasn't uh, this is one of those things like i i didn't like of course like i thought about you know uh, Rob Deerdeck, like here and there, you know, and um, but I never knew, like, once I stopped skating and being into that, you know, culture as much and just started focusing on like music and getting into all that stuff, like, I didn't follow like his trajectory. And then, like, I started hearing about the show he was on, and uh, and it was just it was wild. It was like, wow, yeah, I used to skate with that kid, and um, now he's like a you know, a celebrity. Um, but, um, yeah, to answer the question, I, you know, I think you got the gist of it, but no, I do not hear from Rob Deerdeck anymore, but I, uh, another pro that used to come around there was this pro Mark Heitzman and, um, we used to skate with him a lot as well. And then someone added me on Facebook, like a few years ago, it must've been like six or seven years ago at this point. Um, and I, I like someone named Mark Heinzman added me on Facebook and I was like, it has to be that guy. Right. Cause like who just like randomly adds you. And also like they were from Ohio and whatnot. And, um, 
And I tried to like, I I tried to just like send a message, but I never heard a message back. But like the profile was just like that this person like had like an auto detailing um, business or whatever. And um, so, yeah, I don't really know why I got that ad. I don't know. I suspect it was the same person, but maybe it wasn't. Um, Usually if you get an ad like that from somewhere in your past like that it's because somebody might want to just be like oh hey like yes i remember you or whatever but like i said never got a message back just got this weird ad seemed to check out that it was the same person but um but that was that so um yeah nope don't hear from rob deerdeck don't expect to anytime soon but um rob if you're listening you know like uh thanks for trying to show us how to impossible um back in the day all right, next question. It is literally just the word cucumbers with a question mark. And this comes from Pity Shots on IG. Um, yeah, the bit of context behind this is that last summer, uh, my partner bought me a cucumber plant because I love cucumbers. Um, Nobody else cares about cucumbers in my family whatsoever. My youngest used to eat them, um, but uh, not anymore. Like, he doesn't eat anything anymore. That's just the way it is. Um, but I love cucumbers. We had tried to do cucumbers uh, a week, uh, the year before, I think, at our old place. Um, and honestly, the soil there just must have been shit. Like, because nothing we planted there, like, did very well at all. Um like ever. Uh, I think one year we had a lot of strawberries, um, but that was it. Like when we try every year, we try to get something going and it just was not good. So this was last summer. This was our first summer in our new place. Um, I, uh, also, uh, just going to interject here and just give another tremendous, um, round of thanks to everyone that helped us uh, in any way, shape, or form um, when we were trying to get the money together uh, for the down payment on our place. Uh, I cannot thank you enough. And hopefully uh, any of the things that I've done ha have brought you the, the same, you know, or even close to the amount of joy uh, or appreciation that I felt um, coming from all of you. Um, but back to what I was saying. Uh, so we had tried cucumbers the year before and they just, they like, there was, I think like this whole vine, right. It's going all over the, uh, the, the handrail on the old stairs of the old place. And, um, like the vines just going up it and it's like, okay, any day now, you know, we're really going to see some cucumbers. And there was one that was just like, it was it was like the length of a thumb and it was just like uh, oddly shaped it was like pear shaped it was like the length of a thumb it was literally one cucumber on that entire plant uh two summers ago but then we came over here we dug up the front yard you know because we're we're doing that like that's where we're at is like eventually we will not have a front yard it's gonna just be like blueberry bushes and raspberry bushes and um, like, 
Uh, there's an almond tree out there that was already here when we got here. I think it was growing almonds, but there's so many birds that were eating them beforehand that I don't really know. Like it looked like, oh, is that where the almonds are going to be? But they were just like gone before you could tell. Um, but that's how that is. Like, and you know, my family loves birds, so we are not going to like, we're not going to just try to dissuade that at all. If there even was a way, um, but back to the cucumbers. So my partner bought me this plant, like, and we, we put this, you know, this one cucumber plant out there and, um, she had tons of tomato plants and they all did like extremely well. She had some tomatillos. Uh, they d did not do as well. They started growing like towards the very end and very few of them actually like the way they grow, like, um, they grow like a hollow, uh, shell and then they fill in it's really bizarre and cool but um none of them like filled all the way in there were like it took forever to like get pollinated and start um flowering and growing and then they did not fill in by the time that uh the season was over so we only really got like two or three tomatillos but this one cucumber plant 76 cucumbers by end count like 76 full size, like awesome, like fresh, delicious, right in your front yard cucumbers. And I mean, I was just like last summer, I was just like giddy, like all summer, just going out there and just like, I just picked six of them the day before. And it's like, there's six more you know, and then there's six more that I'll be able to get tomorrow. Like you could just see them grow and then they grew so fast and it was so awesome. Like I pickled them like 97 different ways. Like I pickled them with beets. I pickled them with jalapenos, with garlic and onions. I pickled them with, you know, um, just regular like dill. I, you know, any way that you could think like that I was trying to pickle them, like I pickled them. And, um, I, I just have like jars in this uh, basement refrigerator that we <laughs> stole from our old landlord. Uh, I just have like jars of them still that are still good in the fridge there. And uh, I'm just like, I learned how to make sub bread so that I could make like sandwiches with just like loads of pickles on them. And um, I'm just still not through them because like I'm the only person that wants to eat them. Um, so, to answer the question, cucumbers, question mark, yes, cucumbers. And I'm going to plant some more this year. I, I'm going to I'm gonna get into uh, making like cucumber salads or, or just, you know, I don't know, relish, I don't, whatever. You know, I'm going to figure out what else you can do with cucumbers because um, that, that plant did not let me down. Like I had so much fun uh, and it was just like super rewarding and um, – and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, hopefully I, maybe I am, we've been here long enough now we can go to the neighbors and just be like, it won't be weird if I'm just like, you want a, you know, you, you want a, a bag of cucumbers, you know? Uh, um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, the next question, and I think I'll go ahead and, uh, and finish with this one and, um, maybe keep this episode a little bit short. But um, the next question came from Diet Scrams on Instagram. Um, the question was, 
do I like horror movies? And if so, top three. The answer is, yeah, I like horror movies. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a top three, though. I'll just, like, chat about some horror movies. Uh, So, like... When I was a kid, you know, um, we watched all the classic horror movies like, uh, you know, Lost Boys. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, do people think, consider that a horror movie uh, these days? I don't know. But we watched, like, all those classes. Like, we watched Lost Boys, Fright Night, um, The Gate, uh, The House, or was it just House? Um, I loved all the Tales from the Crypt, like, I loved the show. I loved the movies. I loved like Tales from the Hood, um, Tales from the Dark Side. Like I, I loved all of that. Like Monster of the Week. Um, you know, little like uh, cursed artifacts. Like you know, later there was a Friday the Thirteenth series. Like I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I loved all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies as a kid. Like I, I was actually just straight up terrified of the movies, but just like, couldn't stop watching them. Um, Friday the 13th, Halloween, all those classics, like, and I mean, wow. I mean, like just the Halloween, like theme song, like it, I mean, that's just like such an iconic piece of music. Like I, there's so much you can learn from just like why that piece of music works. And like, if you just like, sat there and thought about it in like a, you know, some really presumptuous way, you know, like the way that that piece of music works is like such a, it can be such a blueprint for, um, just like simple writing. Uh, but I digress. Um, I, it's not that I stopped like watching horror movies, uh, at any point, like I, you know, I saw, I saw like the Scream movies and the Saw movies. I'm trying to think of what some of the other bigger franchises were. I think I watched a few of the, uh, even though I, you know, I know the people probably don't rate these very highly. I had watched some of those like Leprechaun movies, you know, um, Chucky, you know, all that stuff. Um, but um, really, like, I just don't, I don't watch a ton of movies like anymore. So I don't, I can't rate uh, any of the more recent films, um, uh, which is, you know, is too bad. I'd, I'd like to watch more movies, but sometimes, like, usually I just watch, a like, a, a television show, like, sort of the end of the night to, like, wind down before I go to bed, and that's really, like, all the TV I watch. So, yeah, I do – I am a fan of horror movies. Uh, I do – I, I will, you know, I'll take anyone's recommendations and, you know, the next time I try to watch a film, I'll try to check one out. Um, there are some that, like, I've been wanting to watch, like, forever and I still haven't. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, there's that. I mean, like, uh, if you've read any of the, like, well, there's only been one issue out, but, like, all, like a lot of my um, scripts for, uh, the thirst series in the sparks magazine, um, comics, like are sort of that, like, you know, tales from the dark side. Like I want, I want to like have like a cool trope, 
you know, uh, uh, like, and I want to be entertained for a little bit. Like, so those types of shows were perfect for me. Like just, you know, here's, um, here's this like cursed item and they got to figure out how to, you know, um, break the curse and get everything back to normal in 20 minutes, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess like that, that's maybe leads me to like, reminds me of the newest sort of horror thing that I had, uh, um, watched, which was the Guillermo de Toro's, uh, cabinet of curiosities or whatever, whatever, which I thought like started off really strong and had, you know, some, hit, some, some hits and some misses, but like, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that because that was very similar to like the, uh, Friday the 13th series from back in the day and stuff like that. Um, I guess like other horror series, like I've, I've watched all the haunting of Hill house and all that. I don't, I don't really know, uh, you know, also like, that's another thing. Like, do people consider midnight mass? Like, is that still horror? I mean, like it is, I guess, but I don't, it doesn't track as horror to me in my mind, you know? And so like, I almost like forgot like, oh yeah, that's some stuff that I've watched recently that's, uh, falls into that. Um, but yeah, I'll, like I said, um, you know, send me your recommendations, you know, I'll check some stuff out. Okay, okay, okay. So there's two more, and uh, they are silly, but one is more silly than the other. The um, first one was so uh, Peter Murphy is uh, like always a huge help in um, when I'm trying to say something or communicate something like online or whatever. Sometimes Peter is like, hey, do you realize like this is confusing or whatever? And so, um, when I was originally trying to do the AMA, uh, Peter had sent me this photo of himself and he was like, this is actually how you want to ask that if you want people to reply. And um, he responded to the first one, which what I did was I took the picture of him and then I put, ask me anything. And so um, the first response that I got was from Peter and the... Um, question was, why are you bald in this pic? And the answer is because that is not me in that pic, Peter. That was you. In case you needed reminding that that was in fact you in that picture, that's the reason why I was bald in that picture because it was not me at all. It was you. And then the other question, because it is also snag related, and I don't know if I got this uh, question, like I don't remember where I got this one exactly. Um, so maybe it was someone who was confused because of that picture of Peter, who is in fact in Snag. But Kyle J. Bauer on Instagram asks, will Snag be playing Delaware, Maryland, or Virginia in this upcoming year? Uh, the answer, Kyle, is um, I guess you will have to ask Snag because although you may or may not hear me 
sing on a snag song sometime in the future, although you may or may not hear that. Not sure. Might happen. Although that may be the case, I am not in snag. I am in a lot of other bands, so I get why it's confusing. I also get why it's confusing because that was a picture of Peter and not, in fact, me. Um, but I can't answer that question except to say that you should ask Snag if they're going to be playing that area. I do not know that they have any plans of doing that, but, you know, they're always cooking up something. So, um, you know, like, tell them where you want them to play. Like, if nothing else, it'll just make them feel good that people want them to come to their area and that people are anxiously awaiting new shows and new music from Snag. Um, yeah. Until next time. And that was part one of the AMA that I posted a while back. There'll be at least a couple more coming. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, thanks for listening this far. And uh, once again, thanks to everyone who's joined me on patreon.com slash human machine. Um, getting ready to uh, record the next Coma Regalia album here in uh, May, as well as uh, play ZBR Fest. Um, a lot of you know about uh, the medical bills that we've been facing with one of our children and um, also uh, my recent um, eye surgery. So uh, your support there really means an awful lot. It's going to make it possible for me to, like I said before, replace some of these cords that need replacing and things like that. Um, thanks so much for everything. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>